Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and Kyler's here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. And holy hell, MLB figured it out, and baseball is back. I repeat, baseball is back. I'm trying not to cry getting through this intro right now. <clears throat> All right. We also have some great insight in the NBA and player movement that's happening around the league. Then we wrap up the episode with a Degenerates Den breakdown and bold predictions, bold predictions for the PGA Travelers Championship this weekend. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. You can even get us on your Alexa devices. Remember to rate, review, and share us with your friends or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember... No hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. All right, Kyler, here we are on Wednesday. It is hump day. We're back at it again for the pod. Uh, How's the week been for you? Do you have uh, Big Fire Baseball coming up? I do, Josh. I've been playing a lot of golf in my off days. Uh, Baseball is back in a big way this weekend for Big Fire, but also the MLB is back. MLB is back. Do you want to hop into that, or do you want to you want to go through some headlines first? You got anything else to talk about? You you have a pretty pretty boring week back at work. Uh, it is pretty boring back at work this week. Uh, just a bunch of actual work stuff. So not a not a lot in the personal life going on. Just uh, back to business as normal. Yeah, it seems like we got some baseball back though. So. Uh... Hopefully, this will set some things back in motion. Uh, I actually saw a tweet today of the full schedule that we're going to see if everyone can wear a damn mask, beginning with the MLB on uh, July 24th uh, and ending with the Masters, of course, November 12th through the 15th. Uh, We're going to have every type of major sporting event in that time frame. Uh, Please, everyone, wear a damn mask. That's kind of been the, the theme of this. If we can uh, get through the the season, then we won't have to wait another year before we have sports again if we can just, you know, get through uh, get through this period of sports. So let's, let's get into the MLB coming back a little bit. Uh, you said, you know, you kind of gave us the broad dates there. This is – people are reporting to training camps July 1st. That is seven days. Exactly. I, mean, I think that's what David told us, right? David told us July 1st would be the report date. Uh, he told us August 1st year he thought would be the start date, starting a little earlier than he thought. Yeah, it's also a little bit shorter of a season than he thought. So, uh, you know, everything's going to happen just a little bit quicker in that aspect. You know, I'm fired up about uh, the 60-game the schedule. That's going to be an absolute race to the playoffs. It's going to be, I mean, nothing short of a, of a, of a pennant race. Uh, I mean, how long is 60? That's two months of games, right? I mean, so – that's just gonna I'm I'm so fired up for that I saw I saw something today a tweet uh it went pretty viral um something about the Marlins you know uh you know what's gonna happen if the Marlins win the World Series you know we're gonna be two months removed from that you know being like well you know what the hell was that season that that was ridiculous that we did that uh and I don't think that's realistic at all I don't think the Marlins are gonna win a championship I think David Sampson would agree with that uh let's get into the details of everything going on Josh yeah, let's get into it. All right, so uh, the DH rule seemed kind of weird to me. Uh, break that down for us a little bit, Kyler. So no more pitchers are batting in the NL, and it's rumored, Josh, that it's going to be forever. Um, that's reported by CBS Sports. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I, I honestly like pitchers not batting. Um, I think pitchers should pitch, batters should 
you know, they get paid to, to do that. Uh, I think that's, that's what they said. I mean, they're I'm putting themselves in a lot of, a lot of danger, uh, you know, stepping in that batter's box. I just don't think, you know, that's, that's not what they really sign up for. That's not what they get paid to do. Uh, I, I don't mind the, I don't mind the rule and I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. I, I didn't really understand what we were kind of getting into there. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited that we're having MLB. Uh, you know, some of the, the other details here. Um, the 60-game season full prorated salaries are about 37%-ish of their full season salaries. Uh, the postseason will remain at 10 teams. Players are not going to wear uh, microphones. They're not going to get mic'd up on field. Uh, teams will not wear advertising patches on their uniforms. I, mean, I love all that. Uh, so thing let I me. So let me ask you, Collar. Is this was this deal that got you know? I say deal. Was this progress or was this just what happened? Is are the union and the yeah. MLB are they happy with what happened? And I mean, we I saw reports today as well that uh, you know they're going to be continue they're going to continue working towards deals. Um, you know, maybe even many deals, side deals. Up until uh, up until the start of these playoffs or start of the season, and um, even beyond that, up until uh, you know the contract is up in 2021. Uh, so I think, yeah, this is not. That's a great question, Josh. I, I don't think it's. Um, you know, I think it's a little a little bit of both because um, I saw I saw some of the players today say that they were happy. It's um, you know at least 60 games. You know, there were rumors that it could have been 40 games. I mean, there could have, <laughs> Rob Manfred could have made the whole thing the playoffs and just got all his money and, you know, bounce. But uh, so maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe, maybe the, the compromise on the games, getting the players a little bit more salary uh, for those uh, season games played. Yeah, I saw that that 60 games could be a buffer, uh, you know, just for the, the MLB to use that buffer for the Player Association to say, hey, look, we're giving you 60 games and 37% of your full salary. So – I, I am excited that we're getting baseball back. It's, it feels good to say uh, I've seen this from a few different people and it applies to me. I might cry opening night and, uh, you know, I haven't been a huge MLB connoisseur the past couple of years watching every game. But like I said uh, earlier in the podcast episode, I'm going to watch a lot of MLB just because it's here for a short amount of time and there's nothing else on. So uh, I'm super excited for MLB to come back. They finally got it figured out. Um, whether or not both sides are happy, it doesn't matter. We're, we have baseball. They're going to go play. Now it's just going to see, uh, you know, what exactly that's going to look like in the coming days. I'm excited for the memos to come out uh, for how this is going to work. So I would pose the question. Yeah, I've been posing the question to you, Josh. Like, are people going to tune in? You know, baseball needs to come back. They've, they've ruined this opportunity uh, that they've had to get on every television in America on these Sunday nights, you know, Sunday night baseballs. Uh, I, I just think they have. Uh, Tuesday nights on TBS, you know, things like that where they could have just dominated ratings and pulled in major, major viewers. Uh, but I still think they have that opportunity. So, like I said, they're coming back on July 24th. Um, the NBA comes back a week from that day. Uh, you know, that's an, that's an entire week where baseball is going to be playing a lot, a lot of games. Uh, I think they could, they could pull in a a lot of fans during that week, they could uh, hook fans for a season. I mean, you know, a short 60-game season, 10 games of that, or, you know, seven games. They may play some double headers. I'm not real sure yet. Uh, you know, 10 games of that in, in uh, a week, you, people can get invested in that. 
Yeah, they absolutely can. I think that this the MLB all, all absolutely has an opportunity to shine on the national level. They have the the chance to draw back some of those fans, especially in this short of a season. Uh, and you know, it's I kind of blame uh, PGA for letting MLB get this much credit because you and I talked about it earlier, and we'll get into the tournament this weekend. But uh, you know, PGA could be competing with MLB whenever it comes back, but PGA could step up their game in advertising and getting people fired up for these tournaments. If you're going to have a tournament every weekend during a pandemic, you need to be advertising that as much as possible. And that is something that the MLB will absolutely do with some of these feature games, uh, individual rivalry games uh, coming into a short MLB season. So the MLB will absolutely shine on a national stage, uh, no matter what other sport is happening at the time. I think this is going to be a time where, MLB gets a little bit of their fans back, and I've been one of the harshest critics of the MLB uh, fumbling their way through the pandemic, and I, they definitely did. They fumbled their way through. The only thing that's saving them is the other leagues haven't got restarted yet. Yeah, great call. And I think that, uh, you know, I've heard uh, reports that when the NBA does come back during that summer league, uh, or I'm sorry, during the um, the seeding games and possibly even the preseason type of games, before the seeding games, uh, they're going to be, it's kind of like a summer league type atmosphere where there, there's going to be games going on all day, kind of like just scrimmages going on all day long uh, in these, you know, basically three different gyms. And hopefully they're going to be televised. But like I said, that's not going to be until, uh, yeah, I don't think baseball is going to be competing with them, you know, for that entire week. And I think, you know, like I said, they're going to really hook some people during that time. Um, I think they're going to, dominate nighttime games um, I mean they're going to really really compete with the NBA like they always do I think the NBA will will end up winning that battle of course but um, it's looking less and less likely that we're going to see football as well so that's another place that at least college football and so that's another place that uh, I mean M MLB is just going to could dominate Saturdays so something that you know uh, talk going back to COVID for a second something to watch in this MLB uh, season is going to be players that we, we see in the NBA going on right now, going to be players who sit out a shortened season for the MLB due to, uh, you know, health factors or anything else coronavirus-related. They skip the 60 games in the postseason, and in history they'll be viewed as, uh, you know, outliers, people who didn't participate. Will be will we be looking in 20 years and see stars that did not, comp did not compete in the 2020-2021 season? Uh, yeah, I definitely think we will. Uh, but I also, I mean, if we're going to go and jump into COVID, I mean, did you see what John Harbaugh said about uh, Anthony Fauci or Dr. Fauci's comments? I did not. So John Harbaugh said, um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what Fauci's comments were uh, or which comments he's referring to. Um, but he said, I'm not, quote, I'm not going to run and cover. Um, this kind of feels like to me that um, – you know, when he's saying I'm not going to run and cover, you know, he's probably saying from some from something else. But I take that as he's not running and covering from getting coronavirus. Well, we kind of talked about on on the last episode or two episodes ago, whenever we were quoting uh, Dave Portnoy saying, you know, am I going to safely or cautiously get back into living my life? Or am I going to sit in my, you know, sit in a bubble for the rest of my life? No, I'm going to cautiously start to get back into the world and do these things. So obviously, I, absolutely, I think John Harbaugh is saying that he wants to to get back out there. He's not just going to hide away from, from ever playing football again. And I don't think, uh, to take him out of context, I don't think it's 
that he's not saying to not do it cautiously. I think he's just mm -hmm. saying that he wants to get back into it. He's ready to go. He's, he's not going to sit back and, and shy from playing football. Ooh. So this is actually – so I'm sorry for not reading more before talking about it on my platform. But uh, he's actually talking about Fauci's comments about the bubble. So Fauci recommended that the NFL come back. Um, if they do come back, they come back with a bubble. Um, isolated from the community, isolated from fans. And that's, that's what Harbaugh is saying, I'm not going to run and cover. Um, so he's saying that, uh, you know, while safety and uh, safety concerns and stuff like that are a major concern for them, uh, fans are also a major emphasis on this upcoming season for the NFL and for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that, you know, it's 12 weeks away. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen that can influence decisions leading up to that uh, by the NFL the second wave might last a week. It could last two weeks. It could last a month or it could last days. It could last six more months. You know, we don't know. And so that's, it's very early to, to speculate about this. So for John Harbaugh uh, saying that, I, I'm sure that that is a, a confidence thing saying that, you know, this is what he, he would hope for. This is what he wants. He doesn't want to, to hide from it. He wants fans to be able to be in stadiums. Um, but obviously, you know, we've seen John Harbaugh come out and he's, at the end of the day, he's going to do whatever uh, the league and the health officials are, are saying that needs to be done to protect his players and the fans. So I'm sure that right now this is a, a talking point for him and him wanting to be optimistic heading into the season. Yeah, also, that also makes me feel a little more optimistic for college football. Um, just because, like you said, this, this second wave could last um, however long. And going back to his comments, I'm not going to run and cover – I mean, maybe some of these college football players are feeling the same way. Like, you know, like, well, well, hell, like we're playing football. Like we're sitting in meetings. We're sitting, we're watching video. Like we can't be spaced out. Like we're just not going to be. Uh, we're working out with each other. It's just, it, we're, if someone has it, we're all going to have it. So let's just get it now. And so when everybody's here during the season, we can't get it and then miss games. And I, I, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, say people are taking that, uh, perspective you know and trying to get coronavirus now but I, I honestly think that it's not really a concern if they get it yeah a lot of these guys uh, probably have that mindset of I'm young and I'm healthy but then there are you know uh, veterans on your team and staff on your team that uh, needs to be uh, thought about through this process so it's it's going to be a fine line of obviously getting the players back in um, like they have been you know doing practices doing what they're going to do and watching the numbers in each state and city uh, as it pertains to their own football team and what that team is going to have to do uh, inside of the NFL. But all this is going to be determined. Like I said, we're 12 weeks out. That is a long time uh, as far as regulations and uh, suggestions go for COVID-19. We saw, we see this change uh, almost daily for different recommendations in different cities. So uh, I'm very optimistic about the NFL. I'm not, I will say this. I am more optimistic about the NFL than I am college football. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say I am as well. But uh, I would say I'm more optimistic than I was yesterday about college football. Um, I, I don't know. Do you, think, do you think NFL will have fans? Yes, yes. At, at some percentage of a stadium, whether it's 50% uh, capacity They've that you've seen selling in, tickets. in restaurants and bars uh, – they will have fans. They've, yeah, they've already everybody, – everybody's already, already been selling tickets. Uh, did you see Iowa Hawkeyes suspended their tickets sales after, I think, 20 players tested positive? 
I did see that. Yeah, and that's uh, a smart move by the university, you know, just uh, honestly covering their ass, uh, liability reasons, taking all the precautions, or at least the AD's wanting to, um, you know, make it known he's taking precautions. That's probably the big reason for that, uh, to save some skin, honestly. Yeah, and I, uh, honestly, Josh, I think what kind of um, what kind of helps my point as well about, you know, players are kind of just like, you know, let's go ahead and get this herd immunity thing started. Uh, how many players are showing up for this involuntary training camps? I actually haven't seen a number on those. Uh, I do know that there are a lot of people getting back together and starting to do at least uh, throw in catches with their quarterbacks, but I haven't seen, uh, you know, numbers on this. Well, I mean, I'm just going off how many players are testing positive. Uh, for these colleges, I mean, if these if these many players are testing positive, that means, I mean, I'm not going to say all these players have it. So, I mean, you know, I would say that's that's just a percentage of the players that are there. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I I think that you're you're right on that. It's it's good signs heading into the NFL season. So I want to go back to to the MLB just real quick. Uh, something something we didn't mention, or uh, at least I didn't get to mention that I was thinking about. One big uh, area with with this shortened season, Kyler, is injuries. So a, a normal injury that could take you out for a week or two could be detrimental to the season. You know, uh, an oblique injury, you're out four to six weeks. That's a long time in a 60-game season. You miss the whole damn thing. Yeah, and I also think that players aren't – I mean, they're not if, – if, if they have an oblique injury and they haven't played baseball, they haven't been at their team facility in months, and they got rushed back and in a short – in a deal where they didn't, they didn't necessarily like the terms, and all of a sudden they have a pulled hamstring. Do you think they're going to rush back for this, for this um, shortened playoffs that, I mean, might not even matter? That might not even happen? Exactly, and that's why I go back to, you know, in – 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to look back and say, you know, this was a guy that didn't play because of this. This was a guy that didn't play because of this. And, you know, that's going to be something, uh, a big storyline heading into this, uh, into the MLB season. Yeah, and that's also why uh, they are going to submit 60-player uh, rosters, and they're going to open with 30-player rosters. So uh, maybe maybe uh, our guy Riley might, Riley Adams might be on that, might be on that Blue Jays roster opening day. Uh, but they're going to whittle the rosters down to 28 after two weeks and then 26 after four weeks. Uh, and one other thing, Josh, I wanted to talk about was unsigned players heading to Nashville. So the MLB is in talks with the city of Nashville about hosting two teams of unsigned players um, to basically uh, stay, in, stay in the city of Nashville in, a, I, I would assume, a bubble-like environment uh, to you know, stay in shape, play each other, inter-squad scrimmages, um, just to kind of be ready for that situation that you're talking about, you know, an injury, the injury that pops up, uh, you know, positive test that pops up and we just need a player to come in right then and there uh, to be ready to play, to uh, play in MLB games, not have to quarantine. I, but I also saw they're only going to make a $400 a week. Uh, not to get into the details of that, but I think I'd just rather stay with my job. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I think that's a little bit of this, but you're making $400 a week with the legit chance to, uh, make one of the rosters and hop around with, with the MLB team. So I don't know what normal replacement player salaries look like. Um, but for well, what I can tell you, it's, it's a, uh, the person who's paying them is a billionaire. 
Yeah, and we've also talked about them, you know, losing billions of dollars through this. They're trying to save every penny that they can. And if you can sign guys, uh, get them to play for this, which might even be a bump in salary from what they're used to. Like I said, I don't know what those it, it, salaries My point are. exactly. They can do it, so they will. And I, that's, why, that's, why I, that's why I just I – just, that's where the players that's, – that's why they don't have a deal right now. That's why there's such disdain between the players and the owners right now because of that, that attitude overall from the owners. Yeah, you know, like, like we've said, the owners have the money. They've been playing poor. But with this emergency pool, the owners are also paying $400 a week for guys that might not make it, might not ever be needed. Well, I, mean, I mean, you're literally just getting paid $400 for, to be ready. Well, they were, they were paying them thousands of dollars before. I mean, like uh, uh, in, in, in March. Average salary for a minor league baseball player whose contract is handled by the MLB range from around 6000 in single A to around 9000 to 15000 in triple A. Anyway, I, I mean, the Nashville idea, I love it a lot. I mean, I just think the players, are, the players should be paid more for that if they're going to be in a bubble-like environment um, in Nashville, of all places, playing baseball against each other for God knows how long, uh, for possibly no reason at all. Uh, but I honestly think it's a great idea, and I think it should be televised, and I think it would do um, – just as good as uh, maybe a if it if it was an interesting game if it was a good product I think it would draw just as good numbers as a normal you know Tuesday night Brewers Phillies game that doesn't matter you know theoretically uh, it might more in the sixty game season but I think it would draw just as much just as many viewers and I think that goes back to my point that the uh, if the owners really wanted to play poor they could have really just gotten replacement players. Yeah, but if you do the replacement players, you know, we've talked – you and I have talked about that. Your quality of play goes down. The name recognition goes down. Uh, it's probably something that they wanted to stay away from as much as possible. don't even know that the union really likes replacement players uh, as much as they would, you know, a pool of these guys. So this, this might be another one of those wrinkles that have been getting talked about. Nashville idea is awesome. This is a great way to, uh, to utilize players – uh, that you know that could possibly be signed. So uh, I've been one for finding these uh, these kind of crazy rules throughout some of these sports that have come back. So uh, Jeff Passan reported on a rule for the MLB coming back. Uh, and listen to this: spitting is prohibited, including but not limited mm -hmm. to saliva, sunflower seeds, peanut shells, or tobacco at all times in club facilities including on the field, chewing gum is permitted. Yeah, that was actually a, a big part of this negotiation. Uh, a lot of the players actually came out, uh, this has been a couple weeks now, saying that there's absolutely no way I'm going to play without spitting. Yeah, I mean, how, how are you going to enforce this for someone? I mean, you can't spit at all. It's a habit for me. Like, Have you ever I been in New Dugout? thinking about it, especially if I've been playing baseball for – 30 years, 20 years, like. Josh, when was the last time you were in a dugout? It has been, wow, seven years ago. They are disgusting. The floor of a dugout is probably the most disgusting surface outside of, like, New York City subways. I, yeah, I believe it. I was That's in a high it. school dugout, and it was disgusting. If it wasn't sunflower seeds, it was still – to back wacky to backy. I mean, you know, it's everything. I, I don't see how they're going to enforce the, this, this no spitting rule. I'm very, 
very interested to see what those punishments are going to look like. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see if there's going to be any fines or anything that come along with, I mean, that's going to be crazy. I, think it's like, I, what, I, if, I don't, what if some of these guys spit when they talk? Like, come on, man. How, how far do you really want to push this? Like, Oh no, I was just pronouncing my, my P's pretty let my pretty, uh, you know, what I just don't get it. The, I mean, yeah, they're, I, I imagine they're going to have like a lot of, of spit station set up a lot of trash cans dedicated for spit i mean that's that's my guess but uh i mean like i said it's that that was definitely a a big negotiating uh part of this deal great call by you pointing that out so do you have anything else on the mlb coming back i think that pretty much wraps it up i mean there's a couple other transaction things and trade deadline is in august um players are going to be start uh they're going to start moving uh i think it when does that when does that start i saw it up here Players are going to start moving, uh, possibly beginning Friday at noon. Um, so that's when uh, I think we'll be able to start seeing a lot of those transactions made, players signed, players waived. Uh, so a lot like we're seeing with the NBA today, I think we'll get into that here in just a second. So my last thing that I have, I'm actually very excited to, to see players start to move back into this. But it's also interesting that they're going to be moving back uh, without a – two-week self-quarantine period that we saw in some of the other sports. Uh, so moving back in a week, uh, you know, I know that they've known about negotiations ongoing. Some of the players might have been self-quarantining, but I guarantee all of them didn't. Uh, but so my last thing about the MLB is going to be, uh, they, are going to they are going to go through a shit ton of balls. So the ball must be thrown out once it is touched by multiple players. Wow. Anytime multiple players touch a ball that has to be thrown out and get a new one. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I, you'd be surprised how much they do that anyway. I mean, anytime, anytime one seam is loose on a baseball, a major league pitcher can tell, and immediately that ball is useless. Yeah, but this is you throw a runner out at first, the first base throws it to third, third to second, second to shortstop, shortstop to the pitcher, that ball's gone. Still, a lot of the times, if a ball is hit, a pitcher doesn't want it anymore. That's 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 a lot of how major league pitchers are. It's a little a little diva like a lot of and a lot of the pitchers honestly uh, are a lot more diva like than others. I mean, some like I said, some will literally if a ball's hit, that's it. Ball that ball's done. So let's jump into some NBA, Josh. If you don't have any more on the uh, um, baseball, no, I'm absolutely fine to hop into NBA. This is where it gets exciting for me. So uh, the Ringer came out with a podcast today uh, about uh, – I think they did their top five players they're most excited to see. Uh, it included Zion, um, of course, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, you know, guys like that. Uh, who's one guy you're most excited to see, Josh? Russell Westbrook. That's a great call, that. Because he's going to be refreshed uh, going this far into a season. Um, I've seen – out of all the NBA players, he's been the one with the most electric workouts that have been posted on social media. You know he's still in great shape. I'm ready to see the bounce on Russell Westbrook. I'm definitely excited to see. I'm, I'm so excited to see the Rockets. I, I'm, I'm pumped to see the Rockets for sure. And someone uh, else I'm, I'm actually a, uh, an underdog pick here for uh, excited to see is Steven Adams because he struggled quite a bit this season, uh, and they – I mean, they used the hell out of him. The man was just – I'm sure his body was just worn down, beat to hell. So, 
I think uh, getting a good rest, hopefully uh, it gave him a chance to find a little bit of that uh, offense that he had been struggling with. So maybe we'll get to see uh, some good 2010 Stephen Adam basketball. Josh, think about it, how we haven't seen 95% of these NBA players since the season ended. We have no idea what they're going to look like. No clue. Have they gotten haircuts? Don't know. No clue. Has Stephen has Stephen Adams gotten a haircut? I'm uh, yes, but it's not going to look any different than whenever he left. He's going to look exactly the same. Although I'm a big proponent of let's bring the short hair Stephen Adams back. I just want to see it. Let's. I'm a big proponent of let's bring no beard Stephen Adams back. He's a very dashing fellow. I imagine he has a new grill right about now with that uh, fat contract he has. So I'd imagine Stephen, Stephen Adams shaving that beard, new set of teeth. I'd bet he, he'd be a candidate for The Bachelor. So uh, there was that, uh, that meme that went around of Stephen Adams when he first entered the league. It said Stephen Adams went from, I'll have your daughter home by 10, to uh, how he looks like uh, this season. It said, she's going to call me daddy. <laughs> she's gonna build she's gonna live in a cave with me <laughs> so uh yeah i'm excited to see russell westbrook and stephen adams although they don't play for the same team anymore definitely excited to watch those two when the season comes back what about you one guy i'm most excited to see J.R. smith our guy has emerged as a candidate uh, a top candidate for the, the lakers according the to candidate so uh of course avery bradley is opting out of the playoffs uh it looks like J.R. Smith's going to fill that role. I'm pumped for that. Uh, I mean, he, I hope he doesn't take any minutes away from Alex Caruso, to be honest, because Alex Caruso was playing so well uh, going into this break. And if you look at the advanced numbers, I should have pulled those up. Uh, he played absolutely phenomenal. His numbers and LeBron's numbers and Anthony Davis's numbers, well, all, th all three were on the court. Uh, it's just, it's remarkable. Um, so I don't think it'll take away from, from that any, but uh, I am excited to see how, uh, how J.R. Smith really jumps into that and, and how, they, uh, how that hotel life goes with, with, that, with all of the uh, characters there. With J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters? Ooh, and uh, who, else, who else would be there? Um, of course, LeBron, uh, Kyle Kuzma. AD. Patrick Beverly. So, yeah, uh, this is going – honestly, just Jr. and Dion Waiters, they're going to have way too much fun. Um, it would not surprise me if LeBron James made Jr. not touch a damn thing of alcohol or anything else and said, you need to focus on, the, on how much time is in the game, how many timeouts we have, and uh, a little bit of everything else. So this, this was to be expected once Avery Bradley came out. Um, there was a lot of – I saw a little bit of people questioning uh, Bradley's decision to do this. He actually has a child who uh, is um, susceptible to some of the things that are respiratory illnesses. So he did it for his family. You cannot uh, put any, any kind of ill will towards Avery Bradley in this decision. He's protecting his family. And so this does give a great opportunity for J.R. Smith to come in and playing a pivotal role for the Lakers who without Avery Bradley are in a tough spot um, to win the championship. Avery Bradley, the last time they played the Clippers dropped 24 points and was guarding people all over the floor. He's a, a critical part of this Lakers team and they're going to count on a J.R. Smith who hasn't played in a season to come in and fill a lot of that role. 
I, I disagree with you there. Uh, I mean, Avery Bradley did play, he did play a lot of minutes, uh, a lot of pivotal minutes for them, uh, especially taking a lot of that defensive role out. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I alluded to a little bit of a, a little bit of it um, in the podcast. I think it was um, I think it was last week. Of uh, uh, the rust, the rust playing factor, the rust. They're all they're all going to be on the same rust level of playing field. You know what I mean? So uh, everyone's going to be the same level of rusty. And I think I think uh, you know those defensive stoppers. Um, I I don't think they're going to be much of a benefit. And I think that you know once we really get into the meat of things. And I think that's going, you know, it's going to happen a lot quicker than we hope for. Uh, you know, we're so hopeful, hopeful for basketball to come back, and we're so hopeful for these games to to be on our TV TVs again. But uh, I mean, I think it's going to fly by. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be all in. We're going to be spending all the money in our bank account on all of these legal bets. But uh, and I think it's going to fly by. And once we really get into the meat of things, those those rosters they they go down to eight nine players. Uh, and I just don't think Avery Bradley is going to be missed much. And I think uh, the contributions that J.R. Smith uh, brings on offense is really where uh, his, he benefits, I think, Bradley even more. Yeah, that's going to be something that we're going to have to agree to disagree on. I think that uh, if it's my team, I'm definitely wanting Avery Bradley to fill that role more than J.R. Smith. Uh, I think that especially since everyone's going to be on the same rust level, your defensive stoppers are going to be critical in this because if you can stop a team from getting – from get going early, I think it's really gonna gonna help your team out because a lot of these teams are probably gonna struggle. They don't have very long to get back in the swing of things. So if you can uh, keep the defensive pressure up, I think a lot of teams are going to uh, gonna cave under that. Yeah, I mean the same thing to the. Um, I mean they're gonna they're all going to be rusty and all like that. But um, if you can have a certified bucket getter like J.R. Smith on your team, this guy is a, he's been paid to get a bucket since he was 18 years old. And sign me up. You know what I mean? It, like we're in the we're in the playoffs. Buckets matter. Give me Jr. Out of all the free agents, I well, actually, I won't say out of all the free agents because Jamal Crawford is still my number one guy to go to L.A. But uh, you can't really go wrong with Jr. He is a champion and he is a a well versed veteran, especially uh, to play alongside LeBron. Uh, definitely familiar with the system and the way LeBron plays. So. That is a, a, a huge landing uh, by the Los Angeles Lakers whenever this becomes official. Uh, so let's move to someone else. Uh, and it kind of goes into a next uh, little thing I have for the NBA. Uh, Jokic came out tested positive with coronavirus yeah. in Scotland. So uh, this is, I think, Serbia. Um, Serbia, sorry. So this is, uh, this is something that has been pretty important, I think, for the NBA and their restart to the bubble they know and they expect a lot of these cases to come out right now because all these teams are just now starting uh, their testing back uh, to get prepared for the bubble. So these players that are, are being tested positive are going into quarantine or getting ready, are getting ready to be sent to the bubble because if you have it, just kind of like what you said about football a minute ago, uh, if you have it, you want to get it now. That way uh, you can go to the bubble and not have to worry about, uh, about it when you get there. Obviously, you don't want the coronavirus. But if you were going to be tested positive, you would rather be tested positive now versus a week from now. So uh, these tests are ramping up, and you will start to hear more and more players uh, test positive for COVID-19 in the leading days. Uh, Woj uh, reported that there was a team, uh, unspecified team of the Western Conference, that had up to four players test positive already uh, for the coronavirus. And so uh, you'll, you'll hear more of these reports come out in the coming days, but that is to be expected, and that is the reason for 
the delay into the bubble. Yeah, and like, like you said, Josh, that's, that's the reason a lot of these players, uh, I mean, not a lot, but we're seeing some of these players, uh, you know, opt out of coming. They're just, and like you said, you know, you're not blaming uh, Avery Bradley. You're not, you're not putting any, uh, you know, hate on Avery Bradley for that. Of course, um, I, I wouldn't put any, you know, if a player came out and said, I don't want to wear a mask, you know, when I walk to, to the vending machine at, in the hotel. And I would completely understand that. And I would, you know, I wouldn't blame him at all for that because that's his decision. And, you know, if he just wants to stay at home and self-isolate, then do that. I mean, that's completely your decision. And I'm not going to put any hate on you for that in this extenuating, extremely, you know, tough circumstance. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just so excited, Josh, to see it. Uh, so one guy I think that could really uh, benefit the play or benefit a team uh, into the playoffs and make an immediate impact and that's our guy Lou Dort for the Thunder I'm I'm honestly a little surprised that we haven't seen him uh be converted from that two-way yet so I saw the uh up the Thunder uh Twitter page today this or last night since you're gonna be listening to this today uh last night I saw the up to Thunder had a countdown that they said that they had an announcement or some news was coming so I was kind of thinking that maybe it was going to be that uh, I'm thinking it's going to be that Lou Dort uh, announcement don't know that for sure, but Up to Thunder is always pretty up to date on uh, things going on with Thunder basketball. Uh, so definitely going to keep an update on there. And I think that we're going to see it sooner rather than later. I'm absolutely excited to watch Lou Dorr uh, back in a Thunder uniform. Yeah, I think he would have a great impact. Uh, I mean, we saw um, Joakim Noah going to the Clippers. Uh, we have uh, Tyler Johnson going to the huge. Nets. I that's think a, that's really, really big. I love Tyler Johnson to the Nets. He's a, like I said, he's a certified bucket getter. He gets paid. He's got a huge contract, a fucking huge contract. I mean, he did a couple years ago for the Heat. Um, yeah. So this is what that's what makes it so interesting. Uh, the Nets just a few years ago, no, uh, it was 2016. They're the ones. The Nets are the ones that offered him a 50 million dollar mm-hmm. contract, and then the Miami Heat matched it, and that's where he went. So uh, now they're getting him for a whole hell of a lot cheaper than 50 mil, uh, getting him through free agency, heading into the bubble. They are one of the nine teams playing. So uh, Tyler Johnson also has the, uh, the ability to come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, this is a team that's wanted him for a long time. So uh, they're letting him prove, uh, prove what he can do. Yeah, you know, the, Net, the Nets are one of those teams that are really big into the, uh, the analytics and they have, you know, a system in which they, uh, in which they run all the, uh, you know, all their plays and all the offense and all the offensive numbers and how they draft and all of those moves. So, you know, Tyler Johnson obviously uh, fits their system, fits what they want to do there in Brooklyn. Uh, and I think he's going to be a fantastic, a fantastic asset because, I mean, uh, look at their players that they, that the, uh, you know, center the offense around, especially without Kyrie and Kevin Durant, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, uh, you know, those are just, those are bucket getters. And to just add another one right into that mix you know, I can fill that two guard, you know, off the bench, maybe even play a little bit of the three, um, you know, in those, in those off time roles where, you know, matchups are kind of weird. I, I think he's an, a fantastic asset. I think that's actually going to be one of the most um, notable signings that we see. I think the Brooklyn Nets could, could serve some people a lot of trouble. This is the second year in a row that this young, this young squad is playing with each other in the playoffs. And you've said it multiple times on here. You think that, uh, that the Nets have some ability to, uh, to make some noise, especially in the coming season. Uh, maybe not with the restart since Kevin Durant's announced that he's not going to play. Um, but if Kyrie Irving does, I mean, you can't ever count Kyrie Irving out to uh, to not no, at least Kyrie's make. Out. Oh, Kyrie's out too. Oh, wow, yeah. So they're screwed. 
that's why I disagree. I mean, this, like I said, Josh, this, are, this is their second year in a row playing with each other. I mean, this is um, chemistry matters. And Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, uh, Jared Allen. Uh, I mean, they have DeAndre Jordan. I think he, I think he's going to be healthy. Wilson Chandler. I mean, I, I'm all in on the Nets. I think they're going to be a. I mean, if seven games, if if they're an out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough. You've got to have a. Uh... I think it's important to have those veterans or, you know, the people that are going to gonna do it for you. They've got a couple of guys, but I, I think that uh, I don't see them making very much noise without Kyrie and KD. If they do, then that's going to build a lot of momentum for that team going into next year. Um, I just don't think that this year's they're going to be the one to make noise. So uh, one also one guy I'm uh, let's talk about Joe Kim Noah for a minute. Uh, how excited are you, to, are you to see the return of Joe Kim Noah, uh, to playoff basketball, to uh, competitive basketball that, you know, high octane. Uh, he's been in Memphis for uh, the past year or two, I think. Um, you know, he's floated around, I think, right before he was going to make his return. I think he was going to play out the end of uh, last season. He tore his ACL. Uh, so that was obviously really tough to see. It's great to see that, uh, you know, he's maintained his focus, maintained uh, that hard work ethic um, that, you know, maybe, maybe could have been lost, maybe was lost at times with him. Uh, you know, they said that uh, his time in Chicago, even though that, uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau was so famous for playing all those guys so many minutes and, you know, has somewhat of the reputation for running Lou Aldang and to, into the ground and maybe uh, led to the injury of Derrick Rose. But they say that might have kept uh, Joakim Noah's head on straight for so many of those years. They said, you know, a young guy like that comes from money anyway. Uh, you know, his, his mother's a... a professional basketball player I think uh, I think she was uh, I think they own some sort of fashion company uh, so it would have been really easy for Joakim Noah to get lost in that lost in the sauce as they say um, but uh, so it's great to see Joakim Noah I think he's going to make an immediate impact for the for the Clippers um, but also they could have been they could have just uh, retained his rights so other teams couldn't have signed him yeah so I am excited for him to come back to playoff basketball uh, Joe Kim knows one of those guys that can uh, really ignite a crowd, really get people going uh, with just a couple of block shots. Uh, you know, he's very aggressive on the defensive end. He, on that side, he is fun to watch. And he's not scared to throw it down when he has the opportunity. He is getting a little bit up there uh, in age. And he has been, uh, he did play in Memphis for a couple of seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see if he has the same impact, the same, uh, same get after it as he, uh, as you know, as he needs to, especially coming after a, uh, a layoff like this. It's always exciting to watch him come know, especially uh, in some uh, hopefully going to be some competitive playoff games. Yeah, that's what I mean. In those, in those nine to 12 minute bursts, I mean, like, if you play him, you know, 10 minutes a game, I think Joe Kim Noah would, would have a huge impact. I mean, if Joe Kim Noah might not get every rebound, but if you're having to battle Joe Kim Noah every time you go to, go to get a rebound, I mean, it's not going to be a fun time. No, it's absolutely not going to be very fun. But, uh, you know, that's kind of just how it goes. Those big guys are going to be bumping around. I think that's where, uh, going back to Stephen Adams for a second, I think that it's kind of the same thing there. That's where these kind of guys are going to thrive, just being able to be bigger and stronger than most of the other guys and just, you know, scoot them out the way. It's not going to be long before we have NBA back, collar, and I'm so excited. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, live sports. We're actually starting to preview some of these uh, playoff situations and season games for MLB and NBA. It won't be long before the NFL, too. So uh, I, I'm getting an itch, man. I'm getting an itch. Yeah. 
Me too. Uh, that's pretty much all I've got on the uh, on the start of the NBA. One more guy that I'm uh, I so your point guard or your guy that you're most looking forward to is Jamal Crawford. Um, you're that's your biggest advocate for to get signed. Uh, my biggest guy, Trey Burke. Uh, Trey Burke is a baller. He is an absolute killer in the in the moment when it matters. Um, and I think you know the playoffs are when guys like that shine the most. Uh, he obviously did last year with Philly. I think a, a team like uh, Dallas or uh, potentially. Uh, Denver. Uh, I think both those teams would be great fits for Trey Burke. Yeah, Trey Burke. Wow. I, uh, I I don't know. I guess for some reason I thought he was already signed to somebody. I hadn't really uh, paid attention to Trey Burke, but that's a really good call. That's an underrated call, honestly. So like I said, Josh, that's pretty much all I've got on the, um, on the NBA. Uh, I pretty much, that's pretty much all I've got on headlines. Really. Uh, all I've got left is the degenerates den. So should I, uh, should I light the fire while you're reading this ad? Absolutely. I'll get to it. Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Golf returns, Josh, tomorrow, the Travelers Championship. This is one of my favorite tournaments of the year, and uh, this is probably the most loaded field it's ever had. I, or I shouldn't say ever, but it's most loaded field in a, in a long, long time. Uh, this is usually two weeks after the Masters, so you know, usually it's got a decent field, but uh, – I mean, all the stars have come out this week besides uh, the big cap. I am so excited for the tournament this weekend. I actually don't have a lot of plans this weekend. So this is going to be the first time that I'm going to be able to sit around with golf in the background, being able to take those mid-afternoon naps and enjoy some golf, drinking cold beer and probably smoking some meat. So this is going to be a fantastic golf weekend for me, Kyler. I hope so, Josh. I hope uh... – I hope you don't face the same troubles I do with CBS and they uh, frustrate you as much as they do me on, the, on a weekly basis. Uh, like, uh, speaking of, uh, of afternoon naps, I, I put on uh, 2007 Rangers-Cubs game today. It's on ESPN+. Plus. It's on the uh, MLB archives. It's uh, Sammy Sosa's uh, 600th home run. That's yeah, when he uh, played for the Rangers. Uh, Great, great game. I forgot how much I loved Rangers baseball. Ian Kinsler was 21 years old, uh, was absolutely mashing the ball. Michael Young hits the ball. Man, he hit the ball harder than anybody I've ever seen, but it never was more than a, than a single to left field. That's all it ever was. But that man, if he could, if he ever, if he ever even knew what launch angle was, I think Michael Young would have had 700 home runs. So I actually really love this game. I've got to watch it quite a few times. And I think you're exactly right. He, he could have – I think he could have made an even bigger impact in the sport than what people realize. Michael Young is very underrated. I mean, I think he was a gold glove for, I, I think, at least 10 years. Uh, 
obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I mean, yeah, like I said, if, if he was more worried about uh, hitting home runs that, like, like they are today than he was of driving in a run, hitting a single, uh, yeah, I think he would have been a dominant home run hitter. But let's get back to golf. Uh, so, uh, like I said, a loaded field. Uh, Patrick Cantlay making his first uh, appearance out of, out of the corona break. So we've got a couple of defending champions. Uh, Chez Reeve is here. Bubba Watson is here. Um, also the Charles Schwab Challenge champ, Daniel Berger. Uh, no, actually, he, he uh, withdrew from the tournament. So, uh, so like I said, Josh, but a, a loaded field here. Uh, a couple of defending champs, including uh, yourself. So, so let's hear it. What are, the, uh, what are some picks for us? So uh, first, I'm actually going to mention, I was glad you brought up uh, Patrick Cantlay. I, I don't have him for one of my picks, but uh, this is a very interesting guy to watch coming into this because back in 2011, he did shoot a 60 when he was 19 years old, and it was a uh, uh, course record at the time. So he's definitely familiar with the course and has uh, some, some long history uh, with the course. So I'm actually uh, – I'll start – I'll kind of go 3-2-1 uh, for, my, for my early bold predictions before day one. That's kind of how I do this. You know, I make a prediction before day one and then uh, another one after the day one. So – my third place, I think, for the tournament uh, is going to be, and I don't know if you'll like this or not, uh, he's not going to win it, but he will get third, and that is your boy Bryson DeChambeau. Nice. Nice payday for Bryson. Uh, so I, I think this is kind of my reasoning behind this. Not having total accuracy off the tee box is not a uh, necessarily uh, knock you out like it was at the last course, so you can uh, have a little bit of uh, aggressiveness here and still end up in a, in a really nice spot. And I think you're going to see that from Bryson. Uh, like, uh, I think it's hole two, or uh, it's either one or two. Uh, you have a great chance to go aggressive off the tee box, have a perfect chance for a birdie. But if you screwed up, you're fighting for a, or for a birdie. So if you screwed up, you're fighting for a bogey. So I think Bryson's going to do really well off the tee box, and it's going to, uh, you know, go well with him here. Uh, but I am, so for second place, I am actually going to go with my guy, Bubba Watson. Nice. Defending champ. He knows his course well. He Three does. Three-time defending champ. Yeah. So, uh, he, he's, he's actually a, a pretty big favorite uh, in some people's eyes. I don't think he's going to win it. I think he will play very competitively. And he will have Yeah, but he won't win. That's a, that's a big difference. We saw yeah. that last week, $500,000. That is a, it's a big difference. He won't win it. He will play competitive. Um but he, he won't win. He won't win. Uh, so my winner for this is going to be Abraham Answer. Nice. So he is he has been playing well. He uh, hit so many greens. Tiny. Yeah, I brought it, yeah, I brought it up last week. He hit uh, sixty five out of seventy two. Missed seven greens. That's a ninety percent clip. So uh, if you can do that on those little bitty tiny greens, if he can even, if he can get fifty percent of that uh, as close as he did uh, in the and la last week, I think that he has an absolute chance. This course is all about hitting the green and sinking putts, and I think that he will absolutely do that. Uh, I think that's a great call there. Uh, I mean, I think where he's going to face some trouble this week is these greens are really tough. Uh, so you have to put the ball extremely well. It's a pretty short course. I think it's around 6,800 yards. Uh, it's a par 70. So we're going to see some, uh, I think, some pretty low scores. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, great pick there, Abraham Answer. He only had two bogeys all last week, too. I think he's had four bogeys since, uh, since things have picked back up. So that's incredible. Uh, that's, an, that's an insane stat. But uh, so a couple of my picks, uh, I, you know, mine, mine might seem pretty generic. You know, I just, love, I just love the favorites in this. I love the favorites every week. I just like watching them. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I love Matthew Fitzpatrick this week. Uh, like I said, he, putting the ball is going to be uh, key here, but also finding the fairway. Uh, if you're not in the fairway uh, here at TPC, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, so look for Matthew Fitzpatrick to play well, especially early in the week. Uh, I loved your Bryson pick. I think he's also going to play well this week. As much as I hate to say it, um, Ian Poulter. I think Ian Poulter has a real shot to win this week. Uh, he actually led, led, the, uh, led the tour last week in putts, putts per green in regulation. So how many putts he had um, while his average number of putts while putting for birdie or better. Well, you know, uh, my guy Ian Poulter, you know, I'm always big on him, so I'm glad that he made the list even though you can't stand him. Fucking hate him. <laughs> he made the list. That's all that matters. I, I appreciate that, though. I put Bryson in my list. You put Ian in yours. We're, yeah. we're making progress here. No, we're, I'm just trying to win some bets like you, Josh. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, take, I'm trying to follow your lead. Understood. Understood. So I've got, I've got a sleeper. Um, of course, we've got guys like Rory in this event. We've got Phil in this event. We've got Brooks in this event. Patrick Cantley, like we mentioned, number six golfer in the world. I mean, pretty much everybody's here except for the big cat. Um, obviously, we don't want the big cat here yet. Uh, save it for the majors, big guy. Uh, you know, well, I saw uh, you probably saw the video, Josh, of um, uh, that came out of Tiger. Uh, he was hitting a driver uh, on on tee box, and Charlie Woods was standing right next to him. Uh, he looked exactly like his 74 year old swing coach. You know, sitting there analyzing Tiger's every body movement. Uh, great to see that video that fired me up, wanted me to, uh, actually insp inspired me to go out and take a few swings in the yard. Well, how'd the swing look? Uh, it's, man, it's looking good. I'm, I've, I've got a tee time, Josh, in about eight hours. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you're getting ready to play. Yes, I am. So, uh, but like I said, Josh, I have a sleeper pick to end the show on. Um, do you have a sleeper pick for us? Uh, so, I guess my sleeper pick, if I had to pick, just, it doesn't have to be a sleeper. Just a guy to uh, – if this guy won, you wouldn't be surprised. Give, it, give us somebody to throw, throw that random $20 on. Oh, uh, a random a – random, if I was just going to put money down on uh, one person, I'm going to put money down on the guy I always put money down on, uh, Bert Skepka. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, it's he's, like you said, it's kind of generic. He's one of the, the big names. But for me, I'm going to put – if I'm – if I'm going up somewhere with no background knowledge on anything I'm doing personally, I'm going to go put 20 bucks on Brooks Kepka to win the tournament. I love that pick. Brooks Kepka bombs the ball, puts the ball well. Uh, you know, if he would have, if he would have made that birdie on uh, on 17 last week, I think we'd be talking about a different story on Monday. Uh, but uh, so my sleeper pick to end the show, Josh, uh, Matthew Wolf. I think Matthew Wolf is going to uh, come out. I think he's going to make a lot of birdies. I think he's going to make them. Very quickly, I think he's going to be leading the tournament from Thursday on. Uh, he's, if he's not leading the tournament on Thursday, he won't win. If he is, he will win. Well, I'd say uh, that's a good pick. Wolf, is, uh, he's been making noise lately. He's been playing pretty well. And so uh, you're definitely not, uh, not too far off base with that pick. So you might, uh, you might get me this time in the, the Degenerates Den, Kyler. I, I, Josh, I think my picks are pretty good this week, but I think that every week. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean just because you don't win doesn't mean they're not good picks. Uh, we all have great background knowledge, and I'm 
my personally, I just love spending time in the degenerates den and uh, and going through Cozy. these and going through these picks. It's it's just so nice to be able to break down live sports, man, it, and just make predictions, make guesses. This this is what I live for. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've had people. Uh, we've loved all the feedback. You know, saying that you know, live sports are back. You guys, uh, you guys, you know. I bet y'all are enjoying the live sports back. You know, we are, and we enjoy you guys listening to us. Enjoy the feedback. Uh, Josh, that's pretty much all I got for us today. Uh, I look forward to, like I said, watching some golf. Um, I look forward to, talk to you, talking to you on Friday. Absolutely, man. Well, we will see you on Friday. Uh, get big, a little bit big of a – Big guest on Friday. Big, big guest on Friday. Big guest, a little bit of fancy football action, and uh, we'll get to see what's going on after day one of the PGA tournament. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. We'll see you then. See you, bro. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and Kyler's here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. And holy hell, MLB figured it out, and baseball is back. I repeat, baseball is back. I'm trying not to cry getting through this intro right now. <clears throat> All right. We also have some great insight in the NBA and player movement that's happening around the league. Then we wrap up the episode with a Degenerates Den breakdown and bold predictions bold predictions for the pga travelers championship this weekend remember to stay plugged into our social media on instagram twitter and facebook at burst your bubble we're available everywhere you get your podcast you can even get us on your alexa devices remember to rate review and share us with your friends or literally anyone you know thanks for listening and remember no hard feelings because more than likely one of us will burst your bubble